0: You enjoying the presence of God tonight? Yeah. Well, I've got to tell you, you know, I'm so excited about what's coming up for Kalindra and I, I could hardly sit still while I was preparing this message, so, uh, uh, wow, this is very cool. Do you know what? I do want you to pray for us because we're actually, we're taking um, a lot of resources in with us um, and uh, uh, we're taking a lot of Bibles and things, special Bibles for it, that are used for, by the interpreters and translators there, and uh, that are very, very hard to get for, um, for the Chinese people. And uh, thank God we've been, uh, been able to get a whole, a whole lot of those things and take them with us. And when they arrived, i got to tell you, when they arrived, I asked the girls, my, my little girls, okay, 853, I said, who wants to take a Bible to the Chinese people? And they all put up their hand and said, we want to do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very excited. Not only are we able to, um, to take some, some resources, we're able to minister in a, in a very special way um, of what God has, has put on this house. And I just think it's such a blessing to be able to go out as part of this house and do something great for God. Do you know what? That God wants to use you. God wants to do great things in your life. Yeah, okay. I want you to turn in your Bible to 2nd Chronicles, 2nd Chronicles, chapter 16 and verse 9. 2nd Chronicles, chapter 16 and verse 9. You let me know when you found it. Yeah, you found it? All right. Let me read here. For the eyes of the Lord... The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. For the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord are looking, looking to and fro across the earth. You see... God is looking across the earth today, and we see this uh, this evening as uh, Pastor Mike was ministering. He saw something. Pastor Mike saw something this morning that one of the youth did. They gave an offering, and he got, and uh, Pastor Mike saw that and honored that tonight in, in a form ministry. But you know what? The Lord also is looking to and fro across the earth to show himself uh, loyal, to show himself strong for those whose hearts are fully devoted to him. And you know what? God is looking. He's not looking across the earth like uh, we would watch our TV and say, bad channel, flick that. Are those guys in Hastings boring? Next channel, see what's... He's not doing that. God's not doing that like a passive observer. He's looking and he's looking for something. He's looking for the heart of men and women who are sold out for him. He's looking for people whose hearts are loyal to him. Hearts of people who are sold out and through those sorts of people, God will show himself strong. He will show himself strong. That means he will strongly support those whose hearts are loyal to Him. God is looking. He's looking tonight. He's looking this morning. It wasn't just Pastor Mike who saw the act of our faith of a young person. It was God who saw that. And God honored that. And you know what? God is looking. Across us tonight, he's saying, is there someone here whose hearts are loyal, whose hearts are fully devoted to me, sold out for me? Because that person I will show myself strong for. That person I will strongly support. Who wants to support a God in their lives? Oh, yeah. Let me show you an example of of someone that God strongly supported, and he was an unlikely candidate. I tell you, I want you to turn, flick over in your Bible to Judges 6. Judges chapter 6. The situation here in the book of Judges. The book of Judges, if you read it, is, is pretty depressing, really. You go, it goes from one disaster to God raising up a deliverer and, and setting people free to uh, the people turning away again. And all through the book, people do make dumb choices, really dumb choices. And in the midst of this, in chapter 6, in the midst of of some of their dumb choices of the the people of God, Israel, I want you to read what happened. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. The children of Israel made for themselves dens and caves and strongholds, which are in the mountains. So as Amy so beautifully put... The bad people came. They woke up in the morning after making some really bad choices and the bad people were surrounding them all over the place. They couldn't, uh, they couldn't live in their homes. They had to live in caves strongholds, places where they had to hide from the enemy because they had made bad choices. All right. So they came down. These raiders, it says they were Midianites. They were raiders from the desert. And these guys would come up and they were to camp around and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. So the enemies of the people of God had come up. They took everything from their fields, all their harvest. They killed and destroyed. They pillaged. So much so that the people of God, they had to hide in the hills, hide in caves. All right. And it, so it was. In verse 6, it says... That Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. They were greatly impoverished. It says they were held down. They were pressed down. These raiders from the desert, they stole, they killed, they destroyed. They took everything from the harvest and wiped it out. They destroyed it. No substance was left. Literally means it took the life out out of the area. Took it out. You know, it says Israel was greatly impoverished. What it means is that they were reduced to starvation. They were dried up, emptied. They were made low. They failed. Everything was very bad. You know what? Midian means strife. And the Amalekites, they were the valley dwellers. You know what? When your life is surrounded by strife, when your life is pressed down and pushed down, when your harvest is being raided, you need God. Do you, know, you know that? You need God, okay You need God. and into this, into this, we meet Gideon. Now Gideon's our hero, although at the start he doesn 't look like much of a hero, okay he 's in the wine press in verse eleven, it says, "The angel of the Lord comes in and he sits under a tree while he watches Gideon. Gideon's in the wine press. Threshing wheat. Now, the wine press isn't made for threshing wheat. It's made for pressing wine. Now, when the wine in your life is run out, when it's all dried up, there's no joy in your life. You need to hear from God. You need God in your life. And that's a situation that the Israelites were in. Their harvest was gone. All the joy was gone from their lives. And now there's nothing left but survival. They can't do a thing. And they need to hear God. You know, there's times in our lives also when it feels like everything is hard, that there's strife around us, where everything is difficult, that the harvest that we have worked for it seems to be stolen from us, and everything that we'd believed or hoped for seems to be running out the back door. And it's that time, it's that time, just like Gideon, that we need to hear from God. We need to get a revelation of God's destiny for our lives. We need to get a revelation of what God has for us, because I tell you, it's a whole lot more than just survival. God has more for us than just survival. He's got more for us than just making do. He's got an amazing destiny for our lives, incredible things for us. Oh, what we need to do. And what we need to hear is just like Gideon, what God's purpose for our lives is. You see, the angel appeared in verse 12 and it said, said to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor or you mighty warrior. And Gideon said, oh Lord, if the Lord is with me, then why has all this bad stuff happened to me? And the Lord turned to them and said, go in your might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? You know what? God came, and in spite of all the circumstances, in spite of everything that was going on in Gideon's life, in spite of everything that was going on in the nation, he said, go, go, I've got a plan for you to deliver this nation. I've got a plan for you to set this nation free. You know what? We need to hear what God has got to say to us. No matter what's going on in our lives, we need to hear what God is saying to us. And he said, Well, you know, Doc, if an if an angel came to me and spoke to me like he did to Gideon, then you know then, then I'd I'd do some great things. You know what? Uh, if God appeared and, and did something awesome like that. You know, then, then I'd believe and I'd, I'd do something too. You know, I'd, I'd rise up and, wow, I'd do, I'd do amazing things if an angel appeared to me. Well, let me tell you, okay? God is speaking and you know what, whether he sends an angel to you or not, he's spoken his word to you and he's got words to say for you and it's whether you're listening or not, whether you hear or not, whether you act on those words. Now I've never seen an angel, I hope to God that one day I do, but in the meantime I'm not waiting around. I'm choosing to believe what God has spoken. I'm choosing to believe that what God has said in his word is true for my life. I'll believe his promises. You know what? A great thing happened in my life when I stopped listening to the devil and started listening to God. You know, and the best thing that can happen in your life too is that when you stop listening to all the devil's lies, that you're too fat, you're too ugly, you're too skinny, you're white, you're you're no good, all that sort of stuff. Stop listening to that. And start hearing what God's got to say to you. Whether an angel appears to you or not doesn't isn't such a big deal as whether you listen to God or not. Are you ready to listen to His word? Because let me tell you, He says some incredible things about us. He says some amazing things. He starting in Romans eight thirty seven. Thanks, uh, Kev. There we go. That's better. <laughs> All right. And Romans 8, Romans eight thirty-seven. it says in these things and all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What does God say about us? He says that we are more than conquerors. He says that you are more than an overcomer. You've got the potential within you to overcome any circumstance, anything that comes against you. You can overcome it because God made you an overcomer. You know, it says on further on, it says, for I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come. Nothing will separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You know what? The person sitting next to you, if they believe in Jesus Christ, if their hearts are given over to him, there's a conqueror sitting next to you. Yeah, there's a conqueror in you. Yeah. You know, God says some incredible things about this. Not only are we conquerors, in Psalm 60, verse 12, it says, with God's help, we will do mighty things. We will do mighty things. The potential uh, as we draw on God to do mighty things, incredible things, it says, we will do valiantly incredible stuff. With God's help, we will do these things, for he will trample down our foes. You know, there's every every enemy that would come against you, every every enemy of discouragement, every enemy of fear, every enemy of uh, despair or depression, every, every, every enemy you can tread down through the grace of God, through the power of God. God makes us do mighty things through him. Thanks be to God. He always gives us victory. He always gives us victory. God gives us victory always. There is there is nothing that He won't give us victory in. God is amazing. You know, I love this in, in Deuteronomy. It just kind of tickles me. You know, is that uh, Deuteronomy twenty-eight and verse thirteen? It says, "The Lord will make you the head and not the tail." Who wants to be the tail? <laughs> No, who wants to be the head? Yeah, all right. That's an easy one, okay? He will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, be careful to observe them. God will make you the head and not the tail. Have you ever felt like you're the tail in a situation where things are, are just going bad for you, you know? You know what? God wants to turn that around. God wants to turn that situation around. So you're the head. You're directing things, not living as, a, as a, uh, a follower of life, but as a commander and a director in it. Yeah? I love it. That's what God says about us. When we stop listening to the devil, stop listening to his lies about us, you know, and start believing what God says that he will prosper you, that he will give you life, that he will give you victory, that he will help you to overcome every one of your enemies. You know, when we start listening to God, you know, great things will happen. Great things will happen. All right, so Gideon, back to Gideon. So all this happened, the word of the Lord came to Gideon. And you know what Gideon's response is? His response is a lot like ours. He's full of full of excuses. He says, what does he say? He says here, so he said, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. You know, when God comes to us and tells us, you can do incredible things. You can do amazing things if you will just believe. You know what? And we're full of excuses too. Oh, God, I, I, I can't do it. You know, it, it can't be me. You know, I'm too young. I can't do it. I'm too old. My, this, is, uh, this is Gideon's uh, Gideon's excuse. He says, my family's a basket case, you know. <laughs> he says, my family's a wreck and you want me to deliver Israel? They can't even choose what channel they're watching on TV, you know. What, what do you expect, anything good to come out of there? And God says, you know what, God's responses. he says, I, I don't care about that because I'm not looking at you, I'm looking at me. You see, none of these things matter to me. What matters is is that I will be with you. I will help you. Yeah? You know, we're in a place, uh, uh, a time in the world where we think that the only heroes are good looking, that they're super intelligent and they're rich. But you know what? God's heroes are just normal people like you and I who will trust Him, who will believe Him, and who will give Him everything they've got, who will sell their lives out to Him and be completely loyal to Him. Yeah? those are God's heroes. Just normal people like you and I who choose to believe God. Yeah. Our response often is to look at our weaknesses, but none of them matter to God. None of them matter. He doesn't, he doesn't, that's not an issue to him because God doesn't look at the outward part of our lives. He looks at the internal part. Do you remember in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, he says, he's looking for someone whose heart is loyal to him. He's not looking for someone who's outwardly got it all together. He's looking for someone whose heart is loyal to him. And that was what he was looking for in Gideon's life. And that's what he's looking. He's searching for, scanning all the time, looking, ha. That person right now, Myra, your heart is loyal to the Lord and he will strongly support you and what you're doing. He will strongly support you. Yeah, that's what God says to us. He looks and says, I will strongly support those who love me, who uh, give their hearts and lives to me. All right. You know what? With all of Gideon's responses, God says, no, you're missing it. He says, surely I will be with you. You shall defeat the Midianites as one man. I will be with you. And that's God's response to us. When you've got a tough task in front of you, when you've got hard things to do, God's response is, don't look at your weaknesses. I will be with you. I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will not let you down. You know, one of the names for Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us in a tough spot in your school. God is with you in a tough spot in your workspace. God is with you in a tough spot in your family. God is with you. God is with you. You know what? It's a good feeling when you know that the the creator of heaven and earth is with you in your spot of trouble. It's an incredible thing. You know what? And, uh, And then it goes further. Okay what else does Gideon do? You see what Gideon did, because then things start to change for Gideon. He goes from the excuses, and his heart switches into following God. You know what he does? He says, then he says, now if I've found favor in your sight, then show me it a sign that you talk, it's you who talk to me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. He's saying, wait here. If you're God and you're speaking to me, I've got something for you. I've got an offering for you. And you know, if you're wanting to break through out of hardship and strife in your life, one of the principles that you need to get a hold of is that giving releases blessing. Giving releases blessing and opens a window over your life. Yeah. You know, uh, didn't Amy do a great job on the the, uh, offering tonight? That was a great offering. I like that. You know Gideon wanted to know that was God, so he gave an offering. if you 're wanting to unlock god 's blessings over your life, you know don't just let that offering bag go past week after week after week and boy, yes, flick him a couple of, flick God a couple of coins out of your pocket. You know what don't give God the leftovers. Give an offering, give an offering. You know some of the most significant <laughs> <laughs> Some of the most significant breakthroughs in my life have happened once I've given up on myself and said, God, right now I'm sowing into this area, believing that you will do something supernatural here. I'm giving into this area here, young person, old person, whoever, you know, working, not working. You know, if you want to unlock something of the blessings of God over your lives, unlock your pocket, okay? Yeah? Yeah unlock your pocket. It's, you know what? It's not, it's not about, it's, it's more than money. Okay. Do you know what it is? It's about acknowledging who is Lord over your life. Who's really the boss of your life? Because I tell you, you can tell that when you write out your check, you can look at your checkbook and you can say, well, who's really Lord of my life. Okay. Where does my money go? Where does my time go? It's about acknowledging, making an offering is about acknowledging who's Lord of your life. It's about revealing who do you really trust? Who do you trust? Because if you don't trust God, you won't give an offering because you won't believe for him to prosper you. You know, it's about revealing where our hearts are. You know, the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. I like this time of the year, you know, because I get a a, a receipt from the church saying what I gave for the year. And it's a record. To me, it's a record of God's faithfulness in my life. I can look at that figure and say, God, you were good to me. I was able to give that much. Wow, that is very cool. You know what, God? I want to believe for more this time. I want to believe for more in 2006 and more in 2007. You know, every, uh, uh, every time we've uh, faced something in our lives, uh, Kalindra and I have faced a, something serious in our lives, we've said, God, into this we're going to sow and give a faith offering. You know, it, uh, you know what? Gideon, he gave more than a few coins out of his pocket. He gave a sacrificial offering. It says he went and prepared a young goat, an unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. That means he prepared about 10 kilograms of bread. Can you imagine that's a lot of bread, right? 10 kilos of bread. That's a lot. And a young goat. Now, that's, I figure that's probably four roast meals for his family. So he gave, in the midst of a famine, in the midst of a famine, in the midst of not having anything, he probably gave two weeks food supply for his household. He gave it to the Lord. He gave it to the Lord. You know what? In uh, Malachi chapter 3 and 6, uh, you want to turn there actually because some of you may be, uh, know that scripture well, but let's have a quick look at it. Malachi chapter 6. I've got to find it myself. Here we go. Hunt through my Bible. And all of a sudden, Malachi disappears from your Bible. (laughs) Someone give me a Bible. (laughs) Thank you. All of a sudden, it disappears when you're trying to fumble your way through it. Malachi chapter 3, okay, verse 6. It says, For I am the Lord, and I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. He's saying, I'm a good God. And it's because of me that you, you haven't died. Okay, because of your goodness. Even from the days of your fathers... You've gone away from my ordinance. You've turned, turned away from me. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord. So right then and there, God brings a stinging rebuke to them, and he says, you know what? You guys have turned away from me. You've run away from me. You don't do what I say. And yet, he says, turn to me. And you know what he says then? He doesn't say, you need to go to church more. He doesn't say, you need to read your Bible more. You need to pray more. He says, No, bring me an offering. You've robbed me in your tithes and offerings. Bring me an offering. He says, if you'll do that, then I will open the windows of heaven over your lives. See, it's a principle of God that when we give, we release blessing over our lives. When you give, blessing is released. Blessing is released. And it's a sacrificial offering that forgetting is the beginning of a miracle for him. You know what? If you're looking for a miracle in your life, one of the first places you can start is when the offering goes past. Okay? Because that's unlocking a window over your life, unlocking a window of, of in heaven that will pour out blessing for you. There's physical laws that govern this world. And there's spiritual laws also that govern our lives. And one of those laws is sowing and reaping. And uh, there's some incredible blessings with that. So I won't go on further on that other than the fact that that is the beginning point. That's the beginning point. Okay, let's go back to Gideon. And from that time, then God gives Gideon a real challenge. He gives him a a big task to do. And he says in uh, in verse uh, 25, it says, Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that's beside it, and build an altar to the Lord it goes a bit further in, in verse 27 and says, So Gideon took ten men from among the servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his family, father's household and the men of the city, too much to do it by day, he did it by night. You know, the next thing you want to do if you want to have breakthrough from God is that you don't let fear hold you back. You feel the fear and you do it anyway. Yeah. You just, whatever it is, whatever it takes, whatever it is, you say, God. That will not hold me back. This is a big task. If you can imagine Gideon here, he's got, God's given him instruction to pull down his father's worship place and the worship place of the city. Not only that, but to take his father's bull and burn it on the altar. Now, some of you probably, maybe you've heard the story of me shooting my father's bull when I was a kid. Okay, it didn't win me many favors with my father. Okay? It did not win me any favors at all. My father was at least able to take my, the bull that I shot and send it to the works and still get the meat value off it. There was nothing like that for, Gideon. for Gideon's father. It was a burnt offering. There was nothing he could take out of it in the middle of a family. And he took food and he burned it on the offering again. Not only that, he pulled down his worship house. You know, the, the amount of drama that was caused by those cartoons in the paper. Uh, just, those were cartoons. Can you imagine what would happen if, if someone had, uh, had uh, yeah, burnt down a worship place and, and uh, set it on fire? Wow, there would have been um, chaos. And Gideon's thinking, what am I going to do? He goes, no, I'll fear, but it won't hold me back. I'll still do it. You know what? There's things in our lives that we cannot let fear hold us back. Fear of, of all sorts of things making a stand for God. God saying, obey me in it. Obey me in it. If you're afraid, then just obey anyway. Find a way to obey. I can remember there's just tons of uh, scary experiences in my life where God challenged me to do something. You know, and I thought, well, God, I'll just yeah, I tremble on it and then just do it anyway. And God would create a breakthrough for me. It's amazing. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel the fear and do it anyway. You know, you might, God might be wanting to, uh, you to tell your family and friends about Jesus Christ, to push in harder on that. He might want you to take a stand in your work. When everyone else is going the other way, he wants you to take a stand and do the right thing. Trust God, do the right things. Maybe he's wanting you to to go on a mission trip this year. Trust God, do the right thing. It says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of soundness of mind. The spirit that God gives us is powerful. It's full of love. I won't be held back by fear. Okay, the next thing I want to travel a little bit further on into uh, verse 34. It says, the Spirit of God came on Gideon and he blew the trumpet. There's times where we've got to make a public stand for Jesus. There's times where we've got to stand up and let everyone know this is where I stand this is where I stand. This is what I'm believing for. I'm a Christian. And for that reason, this, I will do this. I will not do that. You know, how many of us, if we told our workmates, if our workmates knew that we were Christians, they'd go, you what? Are you serious? Never knew that. Wow. So when did that happen? Well, about 12 years ago. Yeah. No way. There's a time where we've got to stand up and blow the trumpet in this school place. You know, stand up and say, this is what I believe. This is what I'm standing for. We've got to take a stand. Take a stand. Do the people around you know that you're a Christian? What do you say when people ask you what you did on the weekend? you say, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> went to a movie and blah, <laughs> blah, blah. You say, no, I went to church. And I had an incredible time. I went to an amazing. You want to come too? You know what? It was a discussion just like that. I think that I had with Carol wall. How many years ago, Carol, nearly nine years ago, A workplace, workplace discussion where I thought, Carol asked me what I did on the weekend. I thought, here we go, God. I said, well, you know what? I went to church and it was awesome. And I just told her a bit about the church. I said, wow, I said, it's such a great place. And uh, I talked to her about it, and all of a sudden I found her eyes were opening up, and she said, tell me more. You know what? It was a short time later that Carol turned up at church and then gave her heart to the Lord. Out of a discussion of, what did you do on the weekend? And I thought for a brief moment, do I go here or not? Yeah? But you know what? Take a risk. Take a stand. Blow the trumpet and say, yes, I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed of it at all. You know what? What happened there was that when Gideon thought he was standing alone, all of a sudden an army of people gathered. Where I thought I was standing alone in the workplace, then another Christian joined me. You know, just incredible. When you take a stand, God will do amazing things. Take a stand. Some of you need to take a stand and make, uh, you know, we water baptized about 10 people today, I think. And uh, yeah, that was great. Now, water baptism is about taking a stand. It's about saying, this is what I believe and I'm following Jesus Christ. This identifies me as a follower of Jesus Christ. You know what? Some of you need to take that stand and get water baptized. Yeah? There's lots of places that you can take a stand in. But that's one place. Water baptism. Get water baptized. You know what? The last thing I want to show you here is that Gideon, he was a worshiper. He took a stand, but also he was a worshipper. The story goes that a massive, uh, an, an army began to amass around around Gideon, and God said, "No, that's too many people. I, I want this down to," uh, and progressively, God works it down to three hundred people. You know, three hundred people against literally over a hundred thousand strong army of these of these desert dwellers of these Midianites. You know the odds are right against him, and God sends Gideon off to the to the camp in the middle of the night, and he says, "I want you to have a spy here and listen what's going on." And he eavesdrops on the on the uh, on some of these soldiers' discussion. And one of them had had a dream, and he said, "In the dream, I saw." And Gideon came up. There was a man telling a dream to his companion in seven verse uh, thirteen. It says. He said, I've had a dream. And to my surprise, a loaf of barley bread came rolling into the camp of Midian, came over a tent and struck it. So it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. And his companion answered and said, this is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the man of Israel. Into his hand, God has delivered Midian into the whole camp. So God's going to just, this is the dream and this is what it means. And Gideon's listening there and these enemy army guys talking about it. You know what Gideon did? He turned and... And he worshipped God. He worshipped God. You know what? If you're wanting to unlock something great over your life, if you're wanting to unlock a miracle over your life, if you want to see the people around you set free, you need to have a heart for worship. You know what? I get so excited when I see people dancing and jumping at the front of the church, worshipping God. I think, wow, that is so good. You know what? The only thing that I think is that I wish there were more people just like that. Yeah. That right down to the back of the church, people would be praising God. That people would be dancing. People would be jumping and worshiping Him. You know what? That would be an awesome thing. That would be an incredible thing. I love it when God comes into a place and people respond with worship. You know what? I think they're getting, you know what? I think he danced all the way back to his his camp, you know, with his army, his little army of 300 against 100,000, over 100,000 enemy soldiers. He's doing a dance, worshiping God. He's going hard out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll do some dancing. Yeah. You know, I love one of my favorite scriptures is in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 6. It's about David. David was a worshiper. David was a worshiper and, and saw some incredible things happen, happen in his life. And it talks about, uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, how, how David was bringing the ark of God back into the, into, the, uh, into Israel. And it says how David danced before the Lord with all of his might in 6 verse 14. It says, then David danced before the Lord with all of his might, and David was wearing this like skirt thing. Okay, that's what they wore in those days. Yeah, you know he was dancing like a wild man in front of God. You know, leaping and whirling and praising God. And someone saw him, despised him, and do you know what that person, barrenness came into their lives. But David just went on and on and on and prospered because he had a heart of worship. If you want a miracle to unlock over your lives, you need to have a heart of worship. You need to be able to praise God with all that you've got. Could I have the band, please, guys? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You know, God is looking all across this place and he's looking for people whose hearts are loyal to him hearts who are sold out to him hearts that will say jesus i'll follow you whatever it takes whatever you say i'm going to do it you know there's some evidence of that There's some evidence in our offerings. There's some evidence in in our obedience, feeling fear, but doing it anyway. There's evidence in our, and I'm willing to take a public stand and not be ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed. There's evidence in our worship and how we praise God. God's eyes are looking, 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 looking. Will I find a Gideon in this place? Will I find someone whose heart is completely sold out to me? You know, there's many of us here tonight that have found ourselves with strife around us, with trouble around us. It feels like we're pressed down and it feels like our harvest has been stolen from us. God's saying, do I see the heart of a Gideon within you? Do I see the heart of an overcomer?